Welcome to the last of the Call High Wildcats 1982 podcast, brought to you by Dietzo Man Productions. Enjoy your use, because <laughs> it goes by quickly. The grace of God supports you, and you're going to be all right. Seize every single moment because of this simple fact. You can't get more time. To my high school self, I will say, get over yourself. Life is a series of lessons. Some of them are far more expensive than others, right? You are worth it. You are Don't ever doubt yourself. You know it. Say it. It's breaking us into this first. Hey, this is Scott Townsend. Welcome back to the last of the Call High Wildcats 1982 podcast. And today I have with me, uh, I was going to say former, well, yeah, I guess former golfer, football player, uh, Call High graduate 1982, Kent Hudson. Kent, how's it going? Pretty good, Scott. How are you? Great to I'm see you. Doing great. Thanks for joining in. You bet. Glad to be here. I've loved watching your uh, videos, so glad to be here. So, uh, yeah, I, I was looking through the yearbook, and it uh, looks like uh, you were in the football. It's. It, <laughs> I almost didn't see you in the football picture because Dunaway's shoulder pads are like... <laughs> It's kind of like my football career, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, fo- uh, football, golf. Right, right. Played golf. Played golf and football both. Played, you know, I uh, golf. I played baseball my whole life. Didn't really play golf much at all. But in ninth grade, decided I was done with baseball. So Jeff Harris and I went out for the golf team, and uh, I was terrible. I mean, it was yes, just. Just terrible. And I thought, I'm never going to make a golf team. So I told my mom and dad I wanted a job. And I got a job at the the at the old Ramada Inn being like a busboy. And I had to go there at work at night. And they had to come and take me and pick me up and all that. And then I finally made the golf team. And they said, we still want to work. And I said, no, I'm done with this. <laughs> I think they were more thrilled than I was. <laughs> Where was the Ramada Inn? I where, think it was there by um, Apple, you know, where the Shane's oh, game. Oh, yeah. Back yeah. up there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That area. So. So you started playing golf in ninth grade? So I started in ninth grade and um, played played every year. I mean, I was never very good, but but had a lot of fun. Still like to play golf today. So it's uh, it was a great foundation for you know, if I could play golf every day today, that'd be great. So then you got to play every day and you didn't appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to rotate, play all the courses. And uh, you did. Yeah. That yeah. was pretty cool. You know, I, it was fun. I played Adams golf course not too long ago and I hadn't played there in years. And I haven't played Hillcrest Country Club in 30, 40 years, probably. So it was fun. You got to play them all. Remember uh, Sunset? I do, but I, I don't. I don't remember it very well. It was, I remember the greens were really slow. Yeah. And, um, but I don't remember it that well. I liked it because it was uh, flat and wide open and I right. left there trees for me to trees. hit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh man. So bring <laughs> us up to speed. Uh, what's been going on? What, uh, what's in the, 
you know, the uh, the life over the last 40 years has gone through a bunch of highs and a bunch of lows. But right now I'm chasing kids. And um, I, uh, you know, I went to OU and um, got married after that and um, and then took a job in Houston, was going to work in Houston for a while. But my wife at the time um, was in pharmacy school and she couldn't transfer to Houston. Hmm. So um, what was your major? I, I ended up with an accounting degree. Okay. I mean, by the, just barely <laughs> ended up with an accounting degree. And um, so she was in pharmacy school. So we had this long distance marriage for about six months. And so I decided to go back to school and I, I didn't have very good grades. So I had to go to graduate school at central state hmm. and she was at OU's pharmacy school. And when she got done, we said, Hey, let's move somewhere different. And uh, this was obviously pre-internet, pre-everything. So we kind of had a list of school of cities that we were sent, calling the chambers of commerce and getting all these brochures. And we ended up, I jokingly said, we threw a dart at a map, but we uh, we ended up moving to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Sight unseen. Never. Oh, wow. Now having older kids of my own, I realized that our parents were probably the ones scared to death at the time. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the time, it was like sh- she was able to get a job at Eckerd's where she worked. And um, I went and got a job. We lived there for five years, had our first son there and and then moved back and eventually ended up in, in Tulsa and have been in Tulsa. I've been in Tulsa ever since. So, oh, OK, I don't know why I thought you were in Texas. No, I came to Tulsa. Uh, I came to Tulsa in '93 and worked for Penwell Publishing. Oh, okay, I got to do events and publish trade magazines and got to see the world. So it was a great experience. Right, I got to go to a lot of different places and um, ended up. Uh, so I've been, you know, been here for a long time. <laughs> then I did that for a long time. Had two kids. Ended up getting divorced and uh, changed jobs and got remarried. And uh, now I'm in the recruiting and staffing business. I staff petrochemical refinery downstream projects, primarily contract type lit construction project management type people. Okay. And I do some executive search, but got remarried. And then my wife and I adopted two babies. And so I have a six-year-old and a seven-year-old. So I probably service brought this up the very first week, one of your videos, I, you know, Oh yeah. have the youngest kids. I'm real close. So, <laughs> so I go from 29 to six. Oh, wow. That is amazing. Yep. It's been uh, fun. So what's it like uh, raising a six and a seven-year-old at this point? You know, it'll wear you out. There's no doubt about it. It's, um, you know, both of my girls are adopted. So, and they're 10 and a half months apart. Mm. And so, um, Maris, my oldest little one, she, when she came along and, and I tell you what, it's when you were 27 or 28, I think that's how old I was with the first ones. It was a lot easier when you're 50. It's like here, they're yours. I'm going to bed. (laughs) 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 I got to go recover. (laughs) Yeah. But it's been great. I wouldn't change it for anything. So that's awesome. It's been great. So when petrochemical wastewater, water, uh, contract work. So you're hiring for people who are uh, building these refineries? Uh, typically, or, that's typically that's the case. Yes. So for our clients are usually owners of refineries or petrochemical companies 
And if they're going to build a plant or a portion of a plant somewhere, they use companies like us to bring in people from all different disciplines, all the way from warehouse labor to like I have a guy interviewed today who's a project manager for pipeline engineers for a big oh, okay. So it's across the board and different positions. It's been, it's all over the world. And so it's uh, up until COVID, it was great. You know, yeah. <laughs> kind of like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's been, it's been good. Are the supply chain issues having an effect on? Yeah, they've slowed everything down. Just everything's been slowed yeah. just because it takes longer for long lead equipment. It takes longer for little equipment. So people have been just my clients. It just takes longer for them to get everything. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it is crazy how that's in, how it impacted things so quickly. Everything from, you know, now they're telling us you better buy your Christmas now because you're not going to be able to get stuff, you know, yeah. whatever, <laughs> who knows. But, it's, uh, it's, it is unbelievable how much things have gotten more expensive and just that they're not in stock and you can't, you know, we went to buy a Halloween decorations the other day and they were all gone. And normally <laughs> I'm afterwards cheaper and they're like, no, we didn't get enough in this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Honestly, though, and my wife and I were talking about this last night, it, I, I don't need anything. You know, she's like, so what do we tell Matthew, our son? What do you tell Matthew if what you want for, you know, he wants to know. I was like, I don't, I don't need anything. You know, I've got everything right. I need. So we could not shop for years and everything would be well, except for the groceries and stuff like that. But right. other than that, you know. I don't need anything. And uh, if we uh, could tell Amanda, my wife, not to shop for years, it'd be a win for, for <laughs> it'd be a, it'd be a declining for Utica Square. <laughs> I agree with you. We don't we don't need anything. Yeah. Uh, so so, what? Uh, uh, going back to high school, um, you've heard some of the questions you know asked of others. Uh, what's some of your fondest memories of college high, your senior year? Um, funny stories or whatever, you know, just. Yeah. You know, my uh, high school, I think one of my memories, which happened my junior year, and this is just one, it's not really, it's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time, but um, Brian Hopkins, remember Brian Hopkins, Mm -hmm. I decided that we could skip class. We had algebra with, I don't remember the lady's name started with a C. This is started with a C. Culminaires. That's it. Culminaires. Yes. So we would skip her class and it was right before lunch. And then I would go into athletics. And so it made the day real early. Yeah. So back in those days, you could, you'd get, they'd write your name on a piece of paper and put it out by the door. And if you were sly enough, you could come scratch your name off and um, never go into class. And he and I did that a bunch. Well, one day somebody came in late, took our names to the, to the uh, teacher she looked at it and goes, why, why are there's names? That, anyway, so we got caught. We got in trouble. And it's one of those things. I don't think it was Pinnell, but one of the VP, one of the principals said, hey, we'll either call your mom and dad, who they knew, or you can tell them. And I said, OK, I'll tell them. And it's I can still visualize what my dad was wearing, what he was doing, where he was, how big his eyes got. And I said, I'm getting ready to spend three days with 
Coach Ripley and in school suspension. <laughs> and it it scared me to death. I mean, it probably took me an hour to get the courage to come up and tell him that. And uh, he told me not too long ago, he goes, you know, at the time I had to act really mad, but I really thought it was a pretty cool idea what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. happened in February of my junior year. And um, so it was in between football and golf. And I had nothing to do. And um, yeah, it was it was probably my most memorable. I don't know, memorable. I, you know, my senior year, I spent all my time with my girlfriend who later became my wife. And uh, so we were just, you know, I, I wasn't out and about doing all the high school pranks and things that everybody else. Right. Yep. Kendall, was it? Kendall Clark. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's not a crazy that's not a crazy that's that's not that's not terrible i mean if that's the worst thing you guys did then you know yeah that was that was the you know i I didn't i didn't get i was kind of a shy quiet didn't get in trouble couldn't talk to my shadow guy in high school so What was football like being on the football team? You know, I love playing football. I, again, wasn't any good at that either. It was too small, but I, I like to enjoy it. Still do like football today. So um, it was, it, it, you know, I liked the guys. I liked the locker room, the camaraderie, and mm-hmm. always wish that I had been, you know, six foot two and could run a four four forty. But yeah. Said no, so you know, just the way it was. Did you play? Was Ben my brother? On did you play with him? I can't remember. I don't. I don't remember. But I don't remember a lot of things about. That's the way I am. Fuzzy about school. Yeah. Oh, and and those things. Probably if he was there when we were, I played all through high school. So if he was on there in that time period, yes. Yeah. It. uh... I'm amazed at how much I don't remember. I mean, I'm probably the worst person to be doing this because I, I, <laughs> I know where the building is, but other than that, you know, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I don't remember hardly anything. And, uh, you know, like I'll talk to Tracy Robinette and we'll tell stories and he'll like, remember every detail. And I'm like, <laughs> how do you, when he and I were in college together too. And I'm like, how do you remember that? I don't remember anything. Yeah. So that's so true. As far as classes go, what were the ones you leaned most towards? What you know, were the ones uh, your favorite, I guess, or the ones that you did well in? If you did well in any of them, I, I don't, don't think I did well in any. <laughs> I was a terror. You know, I didn't. I didn't realize the importance of school and all that back in those days. Oh and no, I was not a very good student. I just did enough to get by and not to get in trouble with my mom and dad. And um, so teachers were not, you know, I didn't have, and I didn't have the ability to talk to people very well. So I didn't go talk to the teachers. I was like, yeah, they were, they weren't the enemy. They were just grownups. And I was mm-hmm. by a kid that couldn't talk to them. Mm-hmm. Fun classes. I mean, um, Mr. Love, yeah. I liked his class. I kind of understood his class. Lisa Hutchins sat behind me and we laughed and cracked up through the whole, the whole class about a little bit of everything. Yeah. I had uh, Mrs. Curry in Latin with John Dunaway and Kendall. 
and Kendall and I hadn't started dating yet. And those two had both loud personalities and they would just take over the class and <laughs> I would just sit there and laugh. And, uh, and it was just, it was, it, those were enjoyable hours. Yeah. Oh, so you'd go to class and they were fun. So when I'd go to Mr. Simmons or John Baird, those were oh yeah hours. I just, please let the clock. <laughs> <laughs> Speed this thing up. Yes, exactly. So what was the, what was the change? Um, you go from quiet, uh, quiet, shy, retiring to, I don't know, sense, doesn't seem as though you've, you're like that now. I mean, was, was, I is it, know. has there been a change I mean, what, or what was it? Yeah. I mean, all through high school, and college, I mean, I'm, I'm shy. I'm still shy today, but I sell and speak to people for a living. And uh, just in my career, you know, because I didn't care about school and didn't have good grades, you know, jobs just didn't fall in my lap. So I always had to work harder and, and talk more. And I just learned how to do it. I, I joined Toastmasters at one time. Yeah, early. That's, a good, that's awesome. I did that for a long time and it just taught me about how to make presentations and how to do things. And, and then, um, you know, would you just, recommend people take Toastmasters? I do. Yeah. It's a great tool for, especially when you're young and getting started, it's a great class to go just to learn how to public speak and mm -hmm. get over the jitters and fears of being in front of people. Even if you're not ever going to do public speaking, but if you're in a sales role or a business professional role where you're going to present to people, it's, it's a great tool. So I, I enjoyed that. That helped a lot. My brother, uh, he was in Toastmasters and we went to go visit him one time and he took me to one of their meetings and, uh, it was really good. It was, there was a lot of, uh, accomplished speakers in that group. And I, I just, you know, there's one guy that had a bell and he would ding it every time you said, um, right. or, uh, or whatever, right. you know, <clears throat> which I found really annoying, even for a visitor, you know, I was like, man. Throw that bell away, man. <laughs> it's really getting on my nerves. I'm not it's, doing it's any speaking. All the times you say like and um and and uh, all those things. And, you know, my dad was really good at public speaking. I mean, he was really outgoing and he, he did a lot of public speaking. And, and as a kid, I remember saying, counting how many times he said um and how many times he would, you know, pause or whatever. And so then when I got into Toastmasters and had to give like my first speech, it was like, um, 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 it was like a series of hours. <laughs> it just, it's hard. It takes practice. Yeah, it really does. It takes practice. And I find myself in doing this when I edit these interviews, oh man, I, I say so, so much. Um, at least I don't, you know, like you hear people use the word like after their sentences and they can just. They can just wear you down here. The other thing that really bugs me these days is when you hear people say, uh, what's a good phone number for you? And I'm thinking yes. you don't want the bad number. I mean, <laughs> what, what, why, why do you ask for a good one? Why not just ask for the number? How <laughs> yeah. oh, I get it. Or, uh, or what's a good address for you? Um, mm, yeah. Let's try this one. Uh, let's you know, make one up. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, in the recruiting business, we spend all day on the phone. And so 
and we role play a lot. And so I'll get a new recruiter in here and we're going to say, we're going to role play how we're going to call this client about ABC junk. And their eyes just get big. They're scared. It's like they're scared going to the principal's office. And so, so and then I tell them, by the way, we're going to record your first 50 phone calls and we're going to replay them and listen. And, and it's like, like, um, ooh, ah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's great practice and training. But it's when you hear yourself go over and over again, it's, it's you understand you shouldn't be saying some of those things. Oh, my gosh. That's absolutely right. And so few people do that really, you know, when I was at Disney, they had a mirror at, uh, at your uh, station. And so you could see yourself and you were, you know, if you're not smiling when you're speaking, they can tell that. And so the mirror was only there to remind you, if, you know, check and see if you're smiling first, because it, it comes through your voice. So right. I always thought that right. was interesting. It does. And little things like stand up, get up and walk. I mean, I typically am pacing as I'm talking on the phone. So it's like, you know, you're just your communication and you speak better. But from being able to, I could never have done that as a 16, 17, 18 year old kid. I would have like just been scared to death. So what did your dad do? You said he was good at public speaking. I don't remember. So my dad worked at First National Bank and he was a, um, he was the VP of lending or whatever he did there, but he, he, every Friday morning for years, he did a public speaking deal at the bank where customers came to the bank and he gave presentations. My dad actually ended up being one of the speakers who spoke when T. Boone Pickens was trying to acquire Phillips. It was actually a nightline one time just for that very reason. Oh, so wow. Really good at public speaking and got asked to do it a lot. So it was always a, thought process of, you know, how do I learn how to do that? So did you have any brothers or sisters? I can't remember that either. I did. I have a brother and a sister, Kirk, Kirk and Susan, they graduated in 86 and 87. Hmm. I think yeah, 86 and 87. So they were quite a bit younger than us, but. Okay. What, uh, okay. Here's the other question I ask everybody. So what car did you drive in high school? I had two. I had my first car was a 1976 Buick Skyhawk. It was a blue hatchback and it was a great car. You know, I turned, I didn't turn 16 until July after our junior year. Mm. And that moment I woke up, my parents gave it was outside. I um, went and got my license, started driving. But when you got to 60 miles an hour, it was like a vibrating machine. And I was like, <laughs> you put on, you know, people had back in the day that would make you lose weight. They would just shake. <laughs> and so I had that for a while and it was fine. And then one time I drove my mom in it and took her and got it up to 60 and it just shook like crazy. And so they were quickly getting rid of that car. And yeah. so my, my next one was a 78 white Pontiac Firebird. And oh. It was, it was a great car. It's funny. I was dating Kendall at the, at the time and we had just started dating and she hated Trans Ams and Pontiacs. She thought, those are cars. I never want to be with someone that has one of those cars. <laughs> Within about a month, I rolled up in this Firebird and she <laughs> rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> what was the, uh, what, who was your, in your squad? Who was in your group of, uh, who, 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 what, who was in your gang? So, you know, I mean, I kind of, 
I ran around with Zervis and, and Matt Newman and Jeff Blair and Robinette and, Craig, you know, kind of the guys that played football and golf and then different people. And then I spent a ton of time, obviously, with my girlfriend during most of my senior year. So hmm. my my group, but Zervis and Zervis and Matt Newman, Jeff Blair, you know, we, we hung out quite a bit. Jeff and I hung out even more ninth grade up more. We kind of lived, we lived in the same neighborhood. So. Yeah. What's the one story about any one of those guys that you can tell that you can tell <laughs> that I can tell No. <laughs> oh, what's a good story about. Hmm. I have, actually haven't asked this question to anybody. Yeah, else. that's a great question. I haven't thought about one I can, one I can tell. Yeah, I believe it was Jeff Blair was on a date. I don't remember who he was with. And Zervis Newman and I decided we would decorate his car at the movie theater and while they're in the movies. While they were at the movies, with things we shouldn't have put on his car. And, um, <laughs> that was, that was, you know, I don't know, Zervis, I remember one time we were going to a, um, we were going to Tulsa to go to a basketball game, I think me, Matt and, and Chris and, um, Matt and I used to dip skull at those days. And so we had our tobacco in our cars. We're going, we decided to give Chris Chris was going to try one a dip as well. And we didn't make it past Silver Lake Road going out of town to the Moose Lodge. And he needed to throw up and get out of the car. <laughs> oh, man. Bad, bad experiences, but fun. So you were in accounting at OU? I was. Majored. So I, I was an accounting major. I graduated with an accounting degree. I worked as an accountant for a little while. Um, enough to pass the CPA exam and determine that I did not like being an accountant and uh, quickly kind of moved into more operational and uh, more sales focused type roles. But yeah. I was asking about your, the transition there. I remember in high school, I was like you uh, only worse. I, I, I wouldn't talk to anybody, you know, just, super reserved and under the radar. And if I did not get noticed in the hallways and that was job well done. Yes. That was a win. That was a win. And, uh, as soon as I got to college KU and then OSU, man, I'm telling you something just flipped the switch just flipped. And it was like, I wanted to be the center of attention. I was, you know, it was all the parties and just gregarious. And if you, if you saw me in college versus when you saw me in high school, uh, from a personality standpoint, you wouldn't have recognized me because right, right. it was just, uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was, but it was, it was really cool. And it's kind of been that way ever since. And I kind of wish that had happened in high school, you know, but, uh, no, it was, I was, the same, I was the same way. I remember in high school, whenever you get there early and they're 
people would be standing on the side of the hallways and the, in their groups talking. And you had to walk through them. It felt like you were walking down the plank almost. And I'm just ducking my head, trying not to make eye contact <laughs> and get through to my locker to get to wherever class I need to go. And that didn't change. I mean, I was still pretty shy in college, but um, I, I got a lot better when I got into the working world and yeah, away from, away from that, I guess. Are you, uh, are you glad you didn't have a cell phone in high school? Cell phone, college, early career. Yes. Cell phones. I could probably do without one now. (laughs) (laughs) They're nothing but trouble. Yeah. I know. Especially if you're younger. Nothing but trouble. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I just, what's the biggest change, you know, yours, uh, since high school, tons of changes, millions of changes. Um, I guess what I'm talking about is what's the biggest you know, you think uh, if you use the phrase, you know, back in my day or whatever, what's the biggest change you've seen in your lifetime? I mean, I remember my my uncle, Uncle Joe, when he was born in uh, 18, no, no, 1900. Anyway, he came across on a wagon from like Virginia to Oklahoma. And he died in uh, 90 seven or something like that. Anyway, in his lifetime, he had seen, he, there, he, he traveled in a covered wagon across to here in Oklahoma. And in his lifetime, he'd seen, you know, man land on the moon and just all kinds of stuff. Um, what's one of the biggest changes you've seen that still amaze you now? Wow. That's a big question. Um, I don't know. I mean, so much has changed in our life. I mean, if you think about it, I can kind of remember landing on the moon, yeah, the TV screen and being at mm-hmm. our, my parents' house. And I can kind of remember that. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to today where we carry a computer in our hand. We get everything, you know, instant gratification. You don't have to wait on anything. It's just so different. And relationships and communication. You know, when you were shy and quiet, you could hide. Mm-hmm. In high school today, children, cell phones, technology, all that scares the daylights out. So, mm-hmm. kids, we didn't really have phones and Facebook and you know, no. and all that when they were in high school. But my babies, it's part of life. Yeah. So that to me is the biggest change that I don't know scares me the most right now. Should should kids have cell phones at that age no i don't think so yeah i I mean i i don't think so i mean my oldest son about eighth grade it's they had a flip phone that was really just a third person phone in order for them to not um you know if they went somewhere spent the night etc he's a Great. I'm downstairs. I hear some noise. I go upstairs. He's talking on the phone to a girl. I grab the phone and come downstairs. I'm the only one up at that time. I decided to look at the phone. I hadn't really ever looked at the phone. Well, you know, it only had room for 200 text messages and in and out. And I started going through them and it was like a romance novel, 200, 200 out with this, with this little girl. And, um, and I thought, and so then you fast forward and it was a big deal. I mean, it was a, it was a romance novel. 
And you fast forward to today, kids have iPhones at eighth grade, sixth grade, whatever grade they get them. Yeah. It's just a different, it's a different world. You're at the graduation and uh, it's 1982 and you see 18-year-old Kent walking across the stage, getting his diploma. Knowing what you know now, what would you, what would you tell 18-year-old Kent Hudson? What does J stand for anyway? J, J, J stands for J, J-A-Y. J-A-Y. Oh, okay. J, J-A-Y. J, Kent Hudson. Um, what would I tell? Well, first of all, I kind of got three things. Enjoy the process because it is a journey. And for a long time, I didn't realize you were, it was a process and a journey. Yeah. Like competition to me. And it was like, get to the next phase. Mm-hmm. Two, um, your life is not going to go the way you think it's going to go. No matter how you plan it, script it, organize it, enjoy the process. Ups and downs because it's just going to happen that way. And two, three is the relationships and the people. And in high school and college, I didn't, and even early in my life, did not appreciate people and the relationships that you have. And people come and go in your life throughout your life. And you need to treasure those relationships and those friendships and those people, because that's really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. You know, as we all are, you know, 40 years out of high school, getting, you know, people are, I talk to people every day that they're getting ready to retire and it's about their relationships and people that they're going to spend time with in retirement. Mm-hmm. That's what life's about. So, so you, I, I actually get to tell that to my six and seven year old again. See, I didn't get to yeah. do to my <laughs> older kids. I didn't appreciate it yet. Yeah. How do you teach resilience? I mean, what you're really talking about is uh, how to be resilient during life's up and downs. It's great. It's it's easy to be, you know, have a good time when there's good times, but you know, if you get knocked upside the head with a two by four, um, it's hard to tell somebody cheer up, you know, it'll get better. And you know, right. How do you teach that? You know, that's a great, I mean, cause life hits you with a lot of different things. I mean, it could be illness. It could be, you know, job loss. It could be all, all kinds of different things. And I, and I heard a guy the other day say, you know, how many times do you people go home from work and say, man, I just had a crappy day and the day was crappy. You know, really, the day wasn't crappy. What was one event went south and that event turned them into a crappy day. And so I try to look at it as, hey, that event's bad. Try not to ruin the day. And, um, you know, because it's not a, there's a not everything's bad. Now, there's certain things. Healthcare, loss of a parent, loss of a spouse, loss of a child, those things that just takes powering through. And I think each person handles that differently. Mm-hmm. What's your definition of success? Um, I think, I, you know, having, being happy and fulfilled in what you do. It's not how much money you make. It's not what your title is. It's not all those things. It's, it's, it's being happy in what you do every day. And whenever you get to that point where you don't want to wake out, get out of bed and go to work, maybe it's, that's, it's time to go find something else to be good at. 
you almost sound like Ted Lasso for a little bit. I've only watched him once. It was a great show. I've only watched it one, one or two episodes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that show. That is so awesome. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Success. That would be, yeah. You know, success, I think also is whatever you define it as. I mean, if you, if your definition of, I, I, I succeeded at, you know, if there's some kind of an outcome, if you're, if some kind of goal you achieved, you were successful in achieving that outcome uh, or, or it could be in relationships, you know, I have a good relationship with my son, my wife, blah, blah, you know, whatever. Um, it's just all in how you define. It, it's all how you look at early in my career. I was success was how do I keep going? Where's the, how do I get to the next job? And you know what? You just on a, on, a, you know, like the rat on the, you know, the treadmill try to get to the next thing and 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 that works for some people but it's it's not that it's the people along the way the relationships along the way and who you meet and what you do it's really it's not so much just trying to get to the next level it's not like you know playing donkey kong where you want to get to the next game level every day yeah <laughs> and early in my life that's what i thought that was career just that was all of us right Sandra Yeager was talking about that. She was like, you know, if I could do it all over again, quit moving the goalposts or however she said that. Yeah, that's, that's a good phrase. Mm -hmm. It's a good phrase. Because uh, like people say, people say, Oh, I'm not going to have kids yet because it's not the right time. Or I'm not going to get married yet because it's not the right time. Well, if you keep moving the goalposts in life, it's never going to be the right time. So enjoy your life. Right. Just get in there and, Get get messy, get dirty. That's right. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, any final words to the? What do you want to say to the Wildcats out there watching, listening? What? Uh, you know, I th- I've enjoyed your your interviews and your videos a lot. It's been a great way to catch up and hear about people and 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 so I guess just you know get on your list and and let's see and come to the reunion in next year, whenever it is. Right. Um, I mean, it's not far away for me, so I'll be there, but I'd love to, you know, catch up and see people I haven't seen in a long time. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, get a hold of you, how, how would they do that? They can call me or they can email me and I'll uh, give you all, you get, you have all that information. Okay. Yeah. So I'll listen to the show notes, show notes, show notes below. So sounds good. Well, Kent, really appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, taking the time to visit with us and kind of catch up. You bet. I appreciate it, Scott. Thanks so much. It was fun. So for Kent Hudson, this is Scott Townsend. Thanks for watching, listening to the Last of the Call High Wildcats 1982 podcast. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Last of the Call High Wildcats 1982 podcast is a Dietzo Man production. For more episodes, visit the Last of the Call High Wildcats 1982 YouTube channel, listen on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.